This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz for the Comstock Report. The latest drought monitor map showed drought conditions continue to spread and worsen over much of the country. 49% of the corn crop and 43% of the soybean crop are under drought conditions. 91% of Iowa is in drought. The dominant factor for corn and soybean markets will be continued positioning for Tuesday's September crop report and WASDE updates. The trade focus will be on the new crop outlook. These are the averages and ranges for key metrics in the 2023-24 season that will move the markets. Let's look at trade yield estimates first for potential changes to the supply side of USDA's new balance sheets. For corn, the average trade gas is 173.4 bushel per acre compared to 175.1 in August and 173.3 last year. The estimates range from as low as 171 to as high as 175. We've made the case in recent days for expecting a number to be closer to the lower end of the range, but we may not see it until the October report, when harvest results fall short of field check estimates. For soybeans, the average trade estimate for the yield is 50.1 bushel per acre, compared to 50.9 in August and 49.5 last year. The yield estimates for soybeans range from as low as 49 to as high as 51. Again, we expect the final yield to be in the low end of the range, but we may not see it until harvest results get factored into the October report. Other variables that could change projected ending stocks are increases in planted acreage of both corn and soybeans based on FSA data. Then again, those increases could be mitigated by changes to harvested acreage from silage, baling, or abandonment of drought stress crops. There's also a wide range of trade thinking on changes they'll make to the demand side of the balance sheet. The net results are for the trade thinking for significant changes to ending stocks forecast next Tuesday. For corn, the average estimate is for a 68 million bushel decline in ending stocks to 2.134 billion bushel. But the wide ranges in both yield and usage estimates contribute to a range of estimates for ending stocks from as much as a 372 million bushel decline to 197 million bushel increase from the August estimate. On soybeans, the average estimate is for a 32 million bushel decline in ending stocks to 213 million bushel. Once again, however, the wide range in both yield and usage adjustments contribute to a range of estimates for ending stocks from as much as 75 million bushel decline to a 25 million bushel increase from the August estimate. For wheat, the average estimate is for no change in ending stocks remaining at 615 million bushel forecast in August. The Purdue Ag Economy Barometer pulled the interest in carbon contracts in rural crop agriculture. The August survey asked only corn and soybean growers whether they'd been approached with offers if they signed such a contract and what they were paid. Just 6% of them have had discussions with companies about receiving payments to capture carbon on their farms, while just 2% said they had signed a carbon contract. Nearly half, 47% of the farms who discussed contract terms of the company said they were offered a payment rate of $10 to $20 per metric ton of carbon captured. Another 16% said they were offered between $20 and $30 per metric ton, and just 5% were offered over $30. Among the farms who engaged in discussions but chose not to sign a carbon contract, half of them said it was because the payment level was too low. Where are things at now with the CO2 pipelines? 
Iowa Utility Board hearings are ongoing. They start September 11th in South Dakota. Their initial proposal was denied in North Dakota, primarily over opposition to the route. They're modifying the route to address this and expect the new plans to be approved. Nearly 72% of landloaders on their route in Iowa have signed easements with Summit Carbon Solutions. Of the 28% remaining, the company claims to be in negotiation with three-fourths of them. That would mean that something near or over 20% are in a wait-and-see mode relative to the IUB hearings and whether eminent domain is granted. If approved, they will quickly sign easements. That windows the intransigent opposition down to less than 10% of that group. Some outline the specifics of their opposition and there's nothing new under the sun in them. Others have long addressed these concerns and their easement agreements. Asked if they had talked with summit representatives about their concerns, you get answers referencing their refusal to answer phone messages or having thrown them off the porch if they knocked on their door. Many of these landowners have no idea what the terms of the easement are or can be. They want nothing to do with it. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.